Yeah. Grace Church, hear the word of the Lord. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created by Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines on the darkness, but the darkness has not mastered it. My grandfather, we called him Big Poppy, was great at it. My dad wasn't bad at it either, and he introduced me to a number of figures that were really good at it. Jerry Clower, (coughs) John Henry Falk, Cactus Pryor, Minnie Pearl. They were all storytellers. They were all people who were creative and smart enough to know that sometimes the truth, you have to tell it slant. You have to douse it in sugar and serve it on a plate in a different way. Story has a way of getting into us, of helping us understand things that just facts can't. And of course, Jerry Clower wasn't the first one to do that, right? Before you shout out Jesus as the answer to everything in church, it actually was there before Jesus as well. But Jesus' stories in particular are set apart. They convey truth in a way that no other stories can because of their origin, because of their intent, and because of the way that they're told. Well, this morning we're going to look at some stories. We've been studying Mark, and we're going to look at some stories because we see a transition in the book. When we get into this part in Mark, we get into parables. And parables, of course, we're all familiar with parables. Most of us know what they are. But I think there's some more that we can learn here, not just when we think about what parables are, but then we try to make our own parables, which we're going to do here this morning. Now, in our text, as you study in the learning guide, you're going to read a lot of content where he gives the parables there. But what I want to do before we tell this parable is talk specifically about what Jesus was intending with the parables. Why parables? In this part, he says, when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about parables. He said, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything is in parables, so that although they look, they may not see, and although they hear, they may not hear, they may hear but not understand, so they may not repent and be forgiven. That sounds pretty harsh. But you see, parables are a different way of knowing. Parables teach us things that we can't otherwise know. Parables speak to part of us that logic can't get at. Story does something in us that just facts can't. They reveal, and this is the interesting thing that I think Jesus is saying here, parables or stories reveal in us what we don't know. Parables have a special way of revealing things in us that we don't know. We couldn't otherwise see. We couldn't otherwise hear. We couldn't otherwise understand. He goes on later, he says, If anyone has ears to hear, he had better listen. And he said to them, Take care what you hear. The measure you use will be the measure you receive, and more will be added to you. Forever has, for whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, Even what he has will be taken from him. Well, again, this sounds harsh until we understand. It's not so much 
it's not so much an indictment as it is a warning or a description of the way parables work. Parables in this different way of understanding create in us the capacity for an ever-growing imagination. When we step into parable and we embrace the imagination, when we embrace the the mystery, it actually opens the door to more understanding. The more that we try to shrink them down, the more that we try to cut them up, the more we try to make them make sense to us where we are, the capacity diminishes. Parables are an invitation for us to step into a place of imagination that we can't otherwise get. And with every step comes an unfolding landscape that we could otherwise not see. He goes on later, he says, So with many parables like this, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately he explained everything to his own disciples. And here's what I really love about this. Parables are God's love language to us. I would sit on my grandfather's lap when I was a little boy in Hope, Arkansas. And I can still smell my grandfather, a combination of electric shave and Lucky Strike cigarettes is what he smelled like. He was an old man at that time, obviously. And he would tell me stories. He would, he would, the stories that he would tell, I would want him to tell them over and over and over again. And much more than just the words in the story were what he was communicating to me, that I was loved, that I was special. You see, when Jesus tells us these parables, especially when he's saying he's talking to his disciples, it's kind of a love language. It's, he's giving to them something that that is not necessarily for everyone. He's giving to them the story and the understanding. He's inviting them into a family kind of language when he tells parables. So we have to be careful when we read these, not just to dismiss them or not to try to make something of them that they're not, but to let them wash over us in a big way of what they are. They're a love language for us. God speaks to us in story, in unfolding story. I think that's why art speaks so much to us. I think that's why narrative speaks so much to us. It's because there is something in us that longs for connection. And Jesus especially knows how to do this with his parables. Sometimes they make us feel warm and secure. Other times they bring us up short. They cause us to see something where we're going astray, where we need to change, where we need to repent. But they're all intended in love. In our text this week, and I'll, again, I'll let you read them on your own in your private devotions, but in your time of discussion, you'll read the story, and I think you'll hear the resonance with the story I'm about to read. And so this week, what we did was we took, and instead of talking more and more about what a parable is, we decided we were going to write a parable. And so this is the story we came up with this week. Once upon a time, far, far away, there was a people who lived in a land that was in deep shadow. 
It was always dusk there. Never night, never day, just a deep dusk. This people was very much loved by the creator of all things, but they had foolishly wandered into the land of deep shadow, and everything there looked different than it really was. A tree looked like a troll. A bird looked like a banshee. Blowing leaves looked like ghosts on the ground. So the people in the land of deep shadow lived in fear. They were always chilly, never really cold, never really warm either. The fear and the chill, and the chill made them cranky, and cranky people fight each other. All the fighting hurt the land, and the people hurt each other. So the creator of all things sent his son into the land with light burning inside him to show people that a tree wasn't a troll, that a bird wasn't a banshee, and blowing leaves weren't ghosts, and that they shouldn't be afraid and that they shouldn't keep fighting each other, that things were really very different than they looked in the land of deep shadow. And some of the people loved the son of the creator of all things and the light he brought. But others didn't because the fear was buried so deep and their hearts so deep and their hearts were as chilly as their hands. They actually loved the land of deep shadow more than the light of the creator of all things. They forgot what it was not to be chilly and afraid all the time. Still, the son of the creator of all things wanted everyone to have the light so they wouldn't be afraid and chilly. He wanted them to know that trees were not trolls and birds were not banshees and leaves blowing on the ground were not ghosts. The people who took the light from the son of the creator of all things were so happy to have the light and see things from the creator of all things as they truly were. They wanted to make sure they never forgot the words of the Son of the Creator of all things and the words that He had told them. They made the words into songs that made the light glow in each other. They told the story of life in the land of deep shadows and how the Son of the Creator of all things had come to them and made them warm and not afraid. Fathers told their little daughters the story and helped the light grow in them and not to be afraid. Mothers sang, song over their, sang songs over their sons about the creator of all things, his son and the light, and they were warm in their mother's arms. But the son of the creator of all things wanted everyone to have the light and to know the difference between a tree and a troll, a bird and a banshee and leaves blowing on the ground and ghost. So he took the light into all the places where people wandered in deep shadow but strange things happened when he did. Some people who lived in deep shadow would listen to the words of the Son of the Creator of all things and see the light in him, but right away it would be taken away from them as if they had never seen it. Now, just who was taking this away is a story for another time. Other people would see the light in the Son of the Creator of all things and very much want it. Only their hands were chilly as their hearts 
And they had been afraid for so long in the land of deep shadow, they couldn't let the light warm them and couldn't stop being afraid long enough to let the light grow in them. And sometimes there would be people who saw the light from the Son of the Creator of all things, and they would want to start to be warm and unafraid. But because they had collected so much stuff while living in the land of deep shadow, they didn't know how to make room for the light of the Son of the Creator of all things. And eventually the light was pushed out by all the stuff they had collected and couldn't let go of. But every once in a while, there would be people who saw the light in the, in the Son of the Creator of all things, and they would let that light fill them, and they would receive the light of the Son of the Creator of all things and cherish the light, and it would grow in them. Some, in some people, it would glow like a light bulb in a dark room. In some people, it would shine like the headlights of a car on a dark night. And in some people, it would blaze so bright, it would be like a stadium on a Friday night full of people. And to all these people, the Son of the Creator of all things said, Let the light shine all the time and everywhere. He told them to never be afraid to let the light shine or hide it away. He told them to keep shining the light so that everyone everywhere would come to be in the light. Be always warm and never again think that a tree was a troll or a bird was a banshee or that leaves blowing on the ground ghost. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up as we contemplate these ideas and images. And I pray that this week, that as you read through the text, as you let the stories that are told in Mark, the section that we're reading this week, that you would let those words go deep into you. In the learning guide, I, I mentioned that maybe you want to even memorize these. Maybe you want to look at this parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed. Maybe you want to look at these and maybe even memorize them. They're really short. Don't try to dissect them, but imagine them as God's love language with you. And pay attention to what happens as you meditate on these stories. During this time also, we're going to take communion, and we're going to respond to what has been said today. And we respond in a couple different ways here. One, we come to the table. Our communion table is open to everyone. At this table, we proclaim the mystery of the Lord's life, death, resurrection, and coming again. This table is open to everyone. If you'll come up, hold the elements, and then we'll take them all together. We also take an offering during this time. The offering is symbolic that none of us here is without something to give. We all have something to give. And none of us here is without need. We all have need. So we share in the offering with each other. We also pray during this time. 
We pray as recognition of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is, it resides within each one of us, and each one of us has a responsibility to discern, discern what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, and to put aside the things that are not of God. So we take communion, we take an offering, and we pray. Thank you for being here this morning.